everyone. Welcome Ten. to another exciting episode of TDR. That is 30 Dirty Rutabagas. Wow. <laughs> We're all waiting. Christian's laughing too much at the line. What's that? We're all waiting for it. It was a fun and quirky thing in the first session, and now I feel like it's now I feel like it's getting old. I don't know. See, now, now you know how Bart Simpson feels with uh, "Eat My Shorts." Uh, you know, you know, a, a a catchphrase is a is a double edged sword. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, welcome, welcome. We are here um, to um, uh, for for our, for our final retrospective on kids on bikes. So, this is the new part of the format of the show that we've kind of got a little taste of at the beginning, the very beginning of the season, where we talked about our past uh, ten dead rats campaign. But we're going to talk a little bit about uh, our experience just now playing uh, um, uh, playing kids on bikes. Uh, as run by Colleen. Thank you, Colleen, for running. Yeah, it was fun. Good uh, time. Um, I think uh, just broadly, I have a couple notes here about talking about, uh, we're going to talk about system, we're going to talk about content, and we're going to talk about format. Um, so let's uh, let's dig in. Uh, let's start with the content just because I feel like that's kind of the, the, the fun bit. Uh, <laughs> let's, favorite moments. Anybody favorite moments uh, from the game? Who's got one? That's tough. I feel like the game was so like consistently the same energy level, and it just got so friggin' weird. Um, I I liked us uh, uh, trying to convince Max's character to give us the big cutters. Um, <laughs> uh, the big cutter uh, situation was pretty funny. Big, I like that. I one. just imagine I, I, like. Middle schoolers being like, "Give us the big cutters!" <laughs> like, like, I love that none of us know that know the actual term for that tool. Uh, you know, big cutters. Uh, don't know it in real life either. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, there you go. Great. great. Uh, um, I and I enjoyed I enjoyed the buildup of of uh, using my own character's wish to get them. Uh, specifically because I, I really enjoyed that everybody else's wish went first and everybody else wished for much more interesting and elaborate things. And then I just was able to wish for big cutters. That was what was important to Ross. I mean, I personally uh, enjoyed Andy calling out uh, her wishes, Ithaca. And if she's like, no, and I'm like, no, let's go with this. Let's do that. <laughs> it's the end of the game. It's ridiculous. Uh, um, I also really enjoyed playing Stacy. I yeah. did. Stacy oh was great. I yeah, I did really like Stacy. Christian. Yeah. Here's a flirt with Stacy. Um, incredible. Uh -huh. Incredible. I, I put in like our our um, our cast like Discord chat like is this what it sounded like to when I was flirting as Mina? Um, I feel like it was basically identical, basically a ten year old <laughs> flirting level. Fantastic. <laughs> Stacy definitely have stole the show when 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 she was uh, on on screen. So well well done, Colleen. I enjoyed that very much. Uh, I feel like good, I channeled Nick Belcher. Yeah, yeah, uh, it did feel <laughs> a little. Yeah, yeah, I see that. See, because uh, I told uh, 
I told my wife that uh, Paul's character reminded me of Henry Haber from Bob's Burgers, uh, an obscure minor character, but mm, I appreciated nice. it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Very fun. A lot of Bob's Burger energy, which I approve a lot of. of. There you go. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> great. It's a good show. It's a good show. Uh, yeah. Anybody else got a got a favorite content moment that you want to talk? Oh, I, I wanted to mention really quickly because Colin, you you mentioned being very amused by the Ithaca wish, and of course, the whole Ithaca thing was I think hilarious because it just kind of came up organically, and and uh, everybody lost sight of the fact that you're actually from there. <laughs> oh, the world building was hilarious. I mean, yeah, I did like all of that. Yeah. Uh, you guys yeah. just kept on calling out things, and you're like, oh, yeah, like an upstate New York place. And it was clear that a lot of you haven't been out to central New York, but then you described it to a T. And I was like, oh, my God, they just described my hometown. And then it just got further <laughs> and further. And I was like, haha, yeah. Ithaca. And then you just ran with it. I was like, what? Oh, my God. They have a ravine <laughs> and a gorge. <laughs> And there's like, and you're like, and there would be like a big lake next to it. I'm like, like the Finger Lakes, like Hugo Lake. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. cool. And there'll be a major route going through, like Route 13. Okay. Cool. Okay. Real place. <laughs> you just described a real place. <laughs> I loved the energy of of just like the the setup, just how we just kept bouncing off each other to create this place that like. I think we were all like immediately so excited to like poke around in. Um, it yeah. just felt like we were all like on the same wavelength of just like building Colleen's hometown. Um, and like, <laughs> like that oh, energy is fantastic. I think that was so weird. That was easily like, oh, do you have notes on that? Jesus I have Christ. notes. Yeah. Oh, I wrote oh. all the world building down because like, that's how you usually Great start head. the game is, is with the, the world building. So you have to write down stuff so that you can use them as seeds later. So like, yeah, you had a really cool mall. We never got to see the, um, the beaver, beaver bee Phil, who is evidently purple. Oh my God. From the oh, yeah. We never yeah. really got yeah. to do anything. Um, but yeah, I still can't say Krakatanagua. Did I say it? I don't even know if I said it right. I think that was the best one yet. Yeah. 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 When you first start off. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to mention, so some of you may notice the thumbnails on YouTube. I I incorporated a little bit of fan art from, uh, from, uh, I believe William made that for us, Uh, who's mentioned just now in chat that this is the Tompkins County specific content I tune in for. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thanks, uh, thanks, William. Oh my word! Uh, an- another, another uh, uh, local. It's like when we talked about the Dairy uh, Queen. Do you guys remember talking about the Dairy Queen? I was like, oh yeah, like you have a Dairy Queen, and everyone thought it was actually like the Dairy Queen, the restaurant. But I was actually talking about the phenomenon in these small towns where they crown a young woman as the Dairy oh, Queen God. because she raises cows <laughs> and they produce milk and cheese. And I was like, the Dairy Queen. I did not know about that. Uh, I that was sounds hoping like some midsummer shit. I don't that's know. That's what I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, I was like, I was, yeah. oh, hopefully we get some kind of weird Dairy Queen thing going on. Yeah. But we did it. We got the local fish fishing tournament with the walleye vance and the large oh fish. I had a thing written down. I had a note that was um, that he could, in fact, talk to fish. And that uh, the mermaid, the giant walleye mermaid bass fish that lives in the lake is actually his mm. wife. Yeah, nice. I wrote that. That was, that was wow. a thing I wrote down. Wow. 
Never came oh, up. No. Oh, no. See, if we played teens that's, that's... instead of heads. Yeah. yeah. That would have been our whole that it was it was a boss of a fishing game that had uh, when the first Polybus had first visited this town and and tried to infect everyone that fish thing had gotten out it was now in the lake random wow, stuff that's nice. random stuff oh, we never I like nice. that that's nice yeah um, yeah was, there's there's a uh, fledged character there's, there's some there's some uh, a little Vance love coming from the chat about. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, sad that we didn't get more sexy dance. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's 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 dig let's dig into the world building a little bit more because that that edges into the system discussion, and so let's let's mm-hmm. talk about that because that's like the first thing that jumps out to me about this system that is unique and interesting is that it has that whole world building section. I assume Colleen, having um, uh, having not actually read the the book in depth as you have, but I assume that's a standard part of of uh, it's like half of the book. that you do world building. Half the book is yeah. about world building. That's great. It's a lot of it, yeah. Most of the character creation and the start of the game is all world building. So whether you're doing a campaign or one shot, you're supposed to do world building so that all your characters get tied together. Um, so there's a series you can do it. There's like three different forms of world building that you can do. You can do quick world building, which is kind of what I did. Not exactly, but it wasn't quick because our group likes to talk. But there's also like a huge questionnaire. You can roll randomly on a table to get facts together. But for the most part, I found it very useful when I've run it in the past um, to come up with a list of, of questions. Like you're never supposed to fully plan a campaign because the, the players will all make up different seeds for you. But you can ask kind of questions around the mood or themes that you kind of agreed on. Um, so, for example, uh, one question I included was, what's the annual festival you have every year? And that allows mm-hmm. for some interesting um, answers that I can then create a story around to, to like the fishing festival or uh, what are, was the um, the local place that you hang out? Yeah. yeah. So. Are those are those questions or th- th- those questions in the text? If I if I got a copy of the book and I, would I see those questions in it? Yeah, there's some examples like that. Um, the big one is like, what's what's your town's industry, and why is it yep. failing? Yeah, that's great. So then that's that great. immediately builds out a conflict. I feel, I, I feel more excited about the game knowing that that much of the text is devoted to the world building section because I definitely, I know you passed around the PDF and I kind of, you know, very quickly skimmed it and I was just like, wow, this is all. For the for the how rules light the gameplay felt, I was like, this is a lot of pages. Uh, <laughs> so, so knowing that half of it is, is like world building, that makes that makes so much more sense yeah. to me now. Uh, so like the great. first chunk of the book is about safety, like making sure everybody at the table is feels safe, and that everybody has all on the table things they want the game to explore and things they don't want the game to explore, and then the rest is like world building, character building, relationship building with the characters. And then there's the actual like rolling a die rule right. rules, right? Which is kind of the least exciting part, I assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah or I do mean, they yeah. do they tout the, it as like? No, no. I, I mean, know, they, the, it's, the dice mechanic didn't strike me as like crazy, unusual, or it's supposed to be pretty simple. Um, it, the the big thing about it is if you win your die roll, you're supposed to narrate based on the range mm. that you succeed by is how much more you get to narrate and take over um which is kind of weird to to control or arbitrate in the game um 
but usually you just try to encourage people to keep going and by asking them more questions about their, their success or failure. Um, and then failure is supposed to be set up so it's not entirely punishing. So for example, even if you guys failed a role, I would still allow things. So for example, you guys wanted to get out of Pac-Man's whatever, but I think one of you failed. So I still opened the portal, but I had something else mm -hmm. bad happen so that you could still get through the Pac-Man because you needed to leave the Pac-Man world, um, right? No one wants to be there. No one wants to stay there. Um, that, that, so yes. That angle, that angle of, of, of players kind of taking narrative control is uh, is new for this group. Uh, I'm kind of curious just to bounce, bounce this around the table. What, what did folks think of that? Uh, Christian, yeah, I'm calling you out. It's, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm definitely, I, I like it, but I'm definitely really not used to it. Um, I, and, and this goes into kind of what I think about the world building, because I think it's really fun, right? Especially if you're like, all riding the same idea and you're kind of everyone is sort of nobody's like uh uh i don't know like putting anything too crazy or out there or too like you know momentum halting um my main like struggle that i always have with it is like they're always for me at least i always feel like there hits a point where then it's like a okay and now what, you know, like the world building is like, we create this really cool and interesting town. And then I'm like, well, okay, we have it. Maybe we use it. Maybe we don't. I don't know if that's just the way we played, but I, I, I do kind of feel like there was, there's always some kind of like, there's a gap and then there's what happened ne next, if that makes sense. Um, I always like to have, I don't know. I, I, I'm always missing a little like crunch in there, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, I find I it a little so bit. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead, Andy. No, like I, I run the game all the time. I could talk for hours. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say I love the way that the game set up this like very closed room system, right? Like we're in this town. The town's pretty small. Like we really could have like gone from A to B and explored it. And I feel like the world building we did really would have benefited from us like sitting in a space of like a monster of the week type and just like kind of continuously playing in that space and being able to like build up those characters and then like kind of settle into the world rather than just kind of like what we kind of wound up doing which was like okay we have this thing like let's bounce around it which is kind of what we have to do because we only have the three sessions but i feel like the more we sat in that space the more interesting it would have been um i guess for me loved the world building super fun but then i was like oh i want to be in this world as a teen i want to be in this world as an adult yeah. i want to be in this world with someone with agency and being a kid was a little bit more difficult because i kind of just had to you know you kind of have to do what people tell you to do a little bit or you have like smaller space within the the world to play in and that might just be because i have no no imagination left in my soul um, <laughs> I'm dead inside. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the wonder of being a kid, um, but I, I see what I see what you mean, Christian. I think it's it's like having that, you know, that like Pathfinder ten dead rats idea of like, okay, we have to stop this evil menace. Like that's really easy to be able to fix versus like, well 
you know, this arcade is shutting down. Like, where's my buy-in for how much I care about this arcade shutting down? And like, you know, sort of meandering that space. Um, it's just different. Um, but Colleen, you were trying to say something. And I, oh, I forget I, what I was going to say. It's all good. Okay, I'll get, it's cool. I'm going to jump in and, and, and uh, iterate here a little bit of what's going on in the chat. Should get some. I guess maybe, maybe in future for the retrospectives, we should get a way to get some of the chat on screen. But um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a pin that pin that idea for for next cycle. Huh. Um, uh, uh, Ash mentioned. Uh, Ash said that uh, it's is a lot of fun to set up the PC's village, but bringing it all into play in a sensible way is more a theoretical ideal than a practical goal. How do you, how do you, oh, how do you feel about that? That reminds me what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's a little bit like Fiasco. Everybody's played yeah. Fiasco, right? Where everything just goes sideways because you, okay, Christian hasn't played Fiasco. Christian everything goes Fiasco. sideways. We Fiasco on the show I know, right? Okay, we on. should. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be like, I think that would be an R rated, X rated show. It's always, it always goes south. <laughs> yeah, um, TDR could be R rated. Yeah. So in Fiasco, <laughs> depending at who, who you have at the table, um, it often goes a little sideways because not everybody's paying attention to the plot thread or the story thread. So people come up and interject really weird stuff because they're trying to achieve these goals that were originally written at the big, in the, the center of the table. So everyone's trying to tie those goals back into whatever the hell they're doing. Um, and usually it makes no sense. So there'll be a thread and people just, they'll hold on to it for a little bit and then they'll just drop it. So for example, like with Van, just like within Kids and Bikes, like we had Vance and we had the PE teacher and we had a romance going there and it it either didn't come up or we just we just dropped the thread, right? For example, your mom wanted to shut, Charlie's mom wanted to shut down the arcade. Notice how she never came up again. She just never showed back up. She didn't do anything. We just we just dropped it because it wasn't serving serving the story at the moment. Fiasco is very, very similar in that in that type of storytelling. So you're never, you're not going to have like Paul running a campaign, a Warhammer campaign where he has a book of things that you could look up and it's, it's all really um, holistic and it's, it's really consistent. Like kids on bikes will mold based on what people remember and where they want the story to go. So if you don't remember a fact and everyone else at the table has forgotten it uh, and it doesn't serve where the story is going, then we just drop it. And we go to a different thing. It's kind of like if, an 80s if, movie. If everybody forgets it, we do have to drop it, though. So that's, <laughs> that is kind of a that's a requirement. The problem, because control, yeah. the problem is I have notes, so I don't actually forget anything. I just actively avoid things. And I'm like, ah, and no one's going to check on the giant mermaid at the bottom of the lake. Great, cool, cool. It's all right. I mean, it's it's kind no one, for me. That's that's very similar to content creation for uh, any role-playing game is that some of this stuff often happens offline and you don't get to see it. But like, usually for any RPG that I'm writing for, I expect to create more content than the players are actually going to see. Right. And I'm like, yeah, there's got to be more stuff, more options. Cause you gotta, you gotta fill out left and right. The players are going to choose. Are we going to go left? Or are we going to go right? One of them is not going to see the table. I mean, the difference here is that you're doing it on the fly. Because, like, if Max throws mm-hmm. out a fact or, or a thing, like, I have to just kind of fill out whatever that is on the spot. Um, or I've seen other DMs run this game where they just, they make you fill out all the information. So, be like, well, what yeah. is the scary monster in the corner? Um, which sometimes can get 
kind of annoying because you're like, you're the GM. Tell me, tell me, tell me what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, that's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, yeah, I was going to say, it's not, it's not just that it's on the, on the fly, right? It's that it's in front of everyone. Like everyone saw all the things. And so now we're wondering like, hey, how come that, how come we didn't get to see more about, you know, Walleye Vance and his, his underwater wife or whatever. It would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been so or, cool. God damn it. Or you guys would have been like, what the hell is this, Colleen? Why is there uh, <laughs> underwater meat bit fish? I would have been Max, scared for that. <laughs> calling you out. Weigh in. You haven't, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on the uh, on the on the player player narrative control portion of, of kids on bikes? Uh, I think it's got a lot of stats. If it wants to be a story game, is my general. I don't know. I don't know whether it's supposed to be a story game or a stats game. Uh, so it falls into it falls into that limbo zone uh, with Dungeon World for me. Uh, Interesting. Or, yes, how, or how, how, powered how, by the apocalypse in general. Uh, so, so Christian's telling us there's not enough crunch, and you're telling us there's too much. I don't. I mean, I like both styles. I just don't think you can do both at the same time. I think if you're going to give per somebody uh, a strength and uh, dexterity, but they don't have hit points, it is weird to me. <laughs> mm. uh, That's not a bad point. Although I've because like I've enjoyed Fiasco doesn't really have. Oh, sorry. Uh, Fiasco doesn't really have any rules. I, Fiasco is basically an improv exercise, uh, which this obviously has more rules than that. Uh, right. Or at least right. more stats. Yeah. It's, it's it's right. I mean, one... Certainly Fiasco, Fiasco has rules, but they're usually around like framing and, and, and uh, introduction yeah. of, of, of randomness and ideas and, but then once you're in the scene, you're in the scene and nobody's rolling any dice. I, yep. I think that's why you get that fiasco, like, well, the fiasco effect of it was people, the only rules, and so that everybody's really laser focused on them are, we got to get all this shit into the game. Uh, and I think yeah. when you have that one basic thing, it's really, that really motivates everyone. Here, I'm not really sure how much we're supposed to, like, like, it's hard to say how much each person is supposed to bring into the game. Uh, but it's not like you can just be like, I want to go fight something because there's nothing really to fight. So you got to kind of, I felt like we were kind of guessing at what, how much we're supposed to bring in, which is always how I feel about dungeon or, uh, powered by the apocalypse too, which has a similar dice resolution mechanic, I think, where you have to interpret the dice rolls. See, I, I think and did I played dungeon world for a long time? I think, uh, right. You were I, in that I, one. Yeah. It. Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, I mean, a lot of people like it, so, uh, I, you know, I... Uh, all right, Max, shut up. I want to hear what Annie has to say. <laughs> you no, keep talking over each other. What I like about Part by the Apocalypse versus this is that I think Part by the Apocalypse gives you a couple of moves, and they're all, like, really cool, so you want to do them, and the moves sort of dictate the kind of character... Well, not exactly dictate, but they kind of, like, give you a hint as to, like, where your character is sort of walking, which I really liked in the setup of this, like, you know, the questions they asked, which I thought were quite clever, where they're like, you know, why are you afraid of this thing? Or what do you wish that you had that the popular kids don't? But then I didn't really have a mechanical way to like do anything with that. I was just a way to build the character, which was fun. So it felt like all of the front loading world building stuff was just 
super interesting. I knew what the world was like. I knew what I felt about all the characters. I was like so excited. And then when we get to the actual rolling of the physical die. I was like, oh, I'm good at grit. I'm not a hundred percent sure what grit is, but I'm good at it. Um, so I guess I'll be gritty, um, which isn't, you know, I, 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 I kind of see what you mean in the sense of like, if you have dexterity, you don't have something to leap over. What are you going to do with that space? And it would have been nice to have that more narratively tied in. But again, I, I feel like all of the beginning stuff was so strong and interesting that we could have just basically ignored the dice rolling and sort of moved in that direction. I don't know. It's where the system really relies on players to create create some of the obstacles. So like Yeah. So you're good at jumping over things. You can add you can add a fence to the scene or some kind of thing to jump over. Um, so that you can use that that skill. And instead yep. of hit points, we have consequences, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I consistently, I felt like I was falling into the trap, especially towards the end of the game, where I was, I was starting to maybe exercise a little more like, you know, okay, the, clearly this game wants me to take some narrative control, so I want to do that. But my DM instinct is to do that in a way that screws us rather than in a way that helps us. And so I was like, kept trying to introduce more complication rather than resolution, um, and and I'm not sure that that it expects that, right? That maybe it's assuming that the players are gonna be a little more self-serving and, and actually be trying to push towards resolution. Do you think that's true, Colleen, or am I full of crap? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, I've run it with multiple di different groups, right? Like when I've run it at cons. Um, you know, you never know who you're going to get your table. And there's people, I've, yeah. I've run it for a group of just GMs. And yeah, they, they pretty much just shot themselves in the knee the entire time, but they had a great time doing it. <laughs> like it made right, for a right. really fun, really fun game of, of chaos. Um, and then I had, you know, other people who were a little bit more shy around that kind of agency or, or having fun by losing. And so, you know, they're, they're actually trying to win and they're, they're probably just taking more risks. Um, the game definitely is hard if people don't want to take risks, like if they don't want to do it, if they want to play safe the entire time, like, I think that's true for almost any role-playing game. Um, it just goes to a crawl. So it's, it's hard to get things moving. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting it, thing. Oh, sorry. Were you, sorry. Oh, no, I just, we barely touched on like the power character or anything like that in the game too, which was, which was difficult to do online. So sorry, what were you going to yeah. say, Christian? Um, it's, it, it's, it's interesting the, cause it feels like the like conundrum that Paul talks about of like, well, what if someone just keeps on giving consequences? Um, I feel like that is almost like a skill that you have to have to play this kind of game. That's how I feel whenever I play these kinds of games is I'm like, oh, this is a role-playing game that I'm not, like, like the only way I can really frame it in my brain is like, oh, I'm bad at this one. The others I know how to play, but this one I'm not good at. Um, because I feel like there's that feels Every time I play it, I can sort of get this sense of these types of games. I get this sense that, like, oh, there's a sweet spot there somewhere and we can get there and it's gonna be good and then everything's gonna just land and i think it needs like some people that just screw your group over and some people that are like 
put zany stuff in and and so that's where i'm like i don't know like how much to put in and maybe that's like the two hours that we had the like time limit for this one because like by the end of every session i felt like oh yeah i'm ready and we're going in and then it was over it was tragic uh, um, that was like the hardest thing about running online um in this format of two <laughs> hours like uh usually when i run at conventions right you, you spend about half an hour for the world building sometimes an hour if people are really, really getting into it and having a good time. And then you jump in and you play the game for like three and a half hours of, of actually like running around the world that you just built. And it's so continuous that everybody, you know, is still going off of that world building vibe. So you, you get everybody going, yeah, I understand what I'm supposed to be doing and how to play the game. And I understand our relationship. We're bouncing off each other here because we stopped two hours and then we waited a week. It's like everybody forgot about it. And we're like, who am I? Who's Wyant? Who's Vance? Why is he wall-eyed? I don't. Ah. And it, it felt like everybody had to re-educate themselves, and then by the time everyone got into the groove, two hours were up. Or like after an hour, people were finally in the groove, and then the game was over. And so I was like, "Gosh, this is really hard." Um, for like a two-hour block. Um, so is I that, learned is not that to run because lines. of the. Is that specifically because of two hours versus four hours, or is that because of convention versus campaign style, like? Is the is so the I, book Colleen written specifically for for convention style play? It's written for one shots and campaigns. So you can run a campaign of this game. I have not gotten to actually run a long term campaign. Um, I'd love to try it, but I still think if I was to run it in a campaign, I would do like three hour to four hour sessions every week, as opposed to just two hours. I think two hours would be really difficult. Two hours is, a, like, is an it, odd amount of time for an RPG. Like that's that's yeah. that's just true. That's just true. It, um, okay, it we, might we're, we're bleeding that. here into the into the format part of the discussion, which is good. Oh, which is good. Good segue. Well done, everyone. Um, but I just want to I want to point out, like I think it's very interesting for us to talk about the format in both axes of convention versus campaign, which is specifically like one shot versus many shots, as well as the time limit, two hours versus four hours, as well as online versus in-person around a table. Um, so I'm just going to introduce all those ideas and then toss them back at you. Go, uh, continue. Oh, continue. Tell awesome. me about, so, so, so would it have been easier if TDR was four hours, but we still did two or three sessions of it? I think so, only because with Kids on Bikes, I feel like you have to do like an improv warm up, basically, before you start mm -hmm. playing, you have to kind of mm -hmm. do a little bit of that world building every time just to get everybody into the groove. Do a little do a little um, story exercises to get people used to Oh, I'm going to be narrating some stuff, and I'm going to be making up some facts. And then once everybody gets kind of pumped about that, then the game goes a lot smoother. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until like, we got near the end of our end end of our game. Um, when we started narrating like the end of the story, and like Stacy showed up, like it, it took me a while to be like, oh, I, I can, I can see a conflict here. Like Stacy starts playing the video game, and then that brings everything yeah. together. And like, not until we got there did the game actually pick up. Up until that point, I think Max even was like, "What are we even doing right now?" Like he was just like, <laughs> I "Understand?" Um, for the first like half hour of the last session, um, and that was kind of the vibe I got for a lot of the sessions. Once we started playing the game, that everybody had to kind of get warmed up before we could yep. actually enter into it properly. So like in a campaign or at your house, 
your friends would come over, you get some snacks out, you probably chat about the last game a little bit, get into some of the storytelling mode, and then you'd run right into the game and you'd have that warm up. But um, spoiler alert, everybody, I mean, sometimes we only get like 10 minutes before the show and we don't talk about the game. We just talk about like work and uh, fun facts or why is Max late and that's it. So, <laughs> sometimes, what's that sound? What's that? Oh, what's that sound? It's a great game. But yeah. Yeah. So, we did yeah. get that nice, that nice warm up, right? Yeah. The other big yeah. difference is like when you're online with a powered character, you have these awesome cards <laughs> in real life that you could hand to people and give them, and they could hold on to them and put them in front of each other. And we didn't have, we didn't have that. And then, Partially because I didn't go to Tech Week, um, but yeah, you, it reminds people that the pirate character is even on the table and that you can use them and how to use them. So that was a big difference, um, and of course, the time the time to play was was detrimental. Like, I mean, even in a con, I have a potty break in the middle, but people still come back to the table because it gives people to, time to think about where they want the story to go, and then they all come back like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'm ready." Um, I mean, we've we've talked about there's there's the possibility we've talked about this, um, uh, and I'm just going to throw this idea out there for maybe our viewers to mull over, and, and I'd love some feedback from our viewers on this one. Uh, we've contemplated the idea of like, what if we recorded longer sessions and then just broadcast them and chop like still chop them up so we still fit in that two hour section, um, but but maybe you know we record two of them in a row and then just you know uh, now I think that would work. In some cases, in some cases, that's fine. But like um, the one case where I don't think it would work, where I, th where I thought it was awesome that we were live streaming in front of people was the world building. Like that's like doing that in front of an audience was super cool because there was all kinds of cool ideas being generated from the chat. Yeah, that was awesome. That was super cool. I had to go back and reread them. I was like, oh, all the suggestions. And then we got like, this was one of the big, yeah. the first times that we had a bunch of art get generated for the show. <laughs> I loved all the art that was coming in the discord channel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For anybody who's, who's, who's not aware if, uh, if you join the wandering DMS Patreon, you get access to our private uh, discord uh, where everyone on the show is, is uh, present. And uh, sometimes we chatter about the, about the show. And uh, sometimes folks draw us pictures about the show. And sometimes those pictures Super get incorporated cool. into the YouTube thumbnails. So anyway, that, that's, that's an idea. That's something we'll, I think, as, as we continue to experiment, because I think that's, this is the nature of, of, T, of TDR now going forward is, is experiment more. Um, so I think, you know, maybe we'll try that at some point. Maybe we'll try, uh, you know, do we making a pre-recorded four-hour session and then breaking it up and and, and broadcasting it uh, over over two weeks? You might see, especially if we have a game that I think that like like this, where we feel like it would be better in that format. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Anybody else have any other I mean, thoughts on? Sorry. Go ahead, Andy. Oh, of course I do. I always have thoughts. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's also sort of the nature of doing a two-hour block that's, you know, live and broadcast, right? Which is that, like, you know, it's better to make a snap decision than to just sit there for 30 seconds thinking about your character. Um, 
So it's, you just kind of have to keep moving, which can sometimes be a little bit difficult. I think maybe with a game like this where, you know, we probably could have used like a five minute, like, okay, wait, let's step back. What are we doing? What's our goal? Like, how are we going to do this? And then sort of like recalibrate and move forward, I think would have maybe like helped or do that like sort of in the beginning, like five minutes, like what's the world been up to since we were off or, you know, something like that to, to do the, the improv space because we're just like, got to keep moving. Um, I think that was sort of a little bit to the detriment of like this space. But I think, Colleen, you're totally right that like by the time we got into it, each session, we were just like ready to keep going and then we ended. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the nature of the format. Um, and I guess what's interesting about playing with like different I, different sort of things is like what's best for the format and what's best for this group and, you know, what sort of creates the most like fun, collaborate, collaborative space. And also if we get to play cool things, that's amazing. I mean, sort of depends on what the goal is, right? Just to keep, to keep playing. I mean, any, any, anybody else feel like uh, the specifically the nature of of us streaming? Like, does that did that impact it? Like, are we are we uh, are we mutating the kind of the the nature of kids on bikes here to make a, an entertaining show for our viewers? Are there places where that where we're fighting against that, anything like that? I don't I don't think so, but. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't. I don't think the streaming quality does anything past the normal like challenges of communicating through a video call, right? That's a good point. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I imagine this game is a lot better if you can have two people, if you can have multiple people talking at the same time without one-upping each other or talking over each other. Hmm. That that is the perennial playing online problem, right? Is that only one person can talk at a time? Yep. I don't know, maybe we should try that at some point for TDR of like actually be all in one physical space with one camera and just record it. I don't know. What? That'd be interesting. Yeah. There's no part. This is the only part of me that exists as far as. Um, yeah, I, I mean, at some I point, at some point, we got to do a, a, a something where all five of us are together in the same space, just so that we can all laugh at our actual height differences. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I don't even I think know the only one. Yeah, in this room, the only one, Andy, is the only one. You're the only one I don't know the height of. Oh, <laughs> I'm in status part. Short. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking, like a, a couple inches off that, just short. That. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Yeah. <laughs> well, the other uh, problem is I've only ever seen people sit down. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm just like, <laughs> do I actually know how high Max is? Because I see him only sitting down when I do physically see him. He's at Paul's table, and I'm like. <laughs> Whatever. Impossible to know. Yep. There you go. There was part, Paul, during the during running it, where I was concerned about the live stream. So I was like, man, if if we don't come up with like a thread soon for what's happening, 
like a conflict of some court, the, the story could just head her out. And I had to yeah. figure some, like if, if enough players at the table go, nope, too much, then, then things don't happen. And so like, I have to like throw random stuff out, but then people could also nope that. Um, mm. So it becomes kind of a, just an improv nope, nope fest. Um, and I was a little worried once we got into the game, once we, once I troned everybody, like Max was like, you're going to tron us. And then Christian was like, we're going to tron us. We're all going to get troned. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to get troned. Um, once we did get troned, I was like, oh shit, what did I do? Oh no. Now they're in a video game and I have to think about why and how they're in this video game. And then Max is like, why are we here? And I'm like, I don't know. We're just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I got really concerned. I was like, people listening to this, this show are going to be like, what is, what is this game doing right now? And why are we making these decisions? And I was like, no. Like, how, I think, it's like, how do we get out of here? I'm like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's still valuable to the show. That's, that's, you know, we're here to show what these games are like, warts and all. <laughs> I mean, I assume that could happen totally. in a convention game. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That could totally happen at a convention game. You could totally. Colleen, I, I want to. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to go back to something you were talking about earlier about sort of like having, you had, you said you've, had, you've run this for tables full of, of GMs where everybody's like, constantly introducing problems and uh and then you also have played it for for um uh, less experienced players let's say who are going to be more goal driven and are trying to resolve stuff and clearly your role must change dramatically between those two groups uh does, does the text of uh kids on bikes prepare you for that at all um for me not really uh, they do have a GM section. A lot of it is about when you get stuck asking questions. Um, so if you aren't exhausted from your job the whole day and then have to run the game, sometimes you have better, better time coming up with questions. But but yeah, there are like leading questions and stuff you can ask to kind of to, to get people um, to make choices. Um, but yeah, there's uh, running the game. They're you know they try to put the focus on the player having autonomy over the story. Um, so that's a big emphasis, but sometimes you have a table where people want to be reactionary. They, they don't want to come up with the story. They, they want you to tell them a story. Um, I have had tables where, uh, you know, people are playing, but there'll be like one player and he's just sitting there and just enjoying listening uh, to the story. Um, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep on being like, okay, is there something you want to add? Is there anything you would do? What's your character doing? He's like, I'm just having a good time. I'm just listening. And, and he had a great time at the end. He like rated the game really high. And I was like, okay, cool. So, I mean, I think a full table of that would, would kill the game, but I think it's just determining like what, what your players are, are getting at. So like, usually you find out some of that stuff in the world building, like who's gonna, who's gonna pull threads together and it kind of unifies everybody. But then you end the game and you have to leave for a week and come back and you're like, oh God. Um, <laughs> but so no, so so the format in the book, Paul. I mean, they, like I said, they do have a GM section. I can you take a quick look. Um, but it's it's most like every role playing book. The first part of the GM section is you're the person running the game. You're supposed to make sure that conflict gets resolution resolution to conflict and yeah, yeah. goes to the basics yeah. of GMing. 
Um, and then for kids on bike specific stuff, it's just like, you know, ask interesting questions right. of people. <laughs> I actually really like the, the GM guide for Lady Blackbird helps me more run this game than the kids on bikes GM. Interesting. Advice. Interesting. Uh, Lady Blackbird, is that is that on the list to eventually run for a TDR? Well, Andy's already played it. Oh, Andy's already it's the played first game I ever played, yeah, I, so I don't remember. I think it we played it together. Well. In fact, yeah. No, oh, really there for that. And, and, and actually, I, I've played it as well. So uh, okay. Well, played it. I I ran it for Paul. He he played Snargle, the Goblin. Oh, yeah. it's a great job. It was fun. Yeah, it was but fun. no, that, Near, that game killed, killed my great. voice for the weekend, but it was, it was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Um, we, I, do you have any other any other thoughts, Colleen? There about how the book presents convention versus campaign? Because you said it, it does include sections for that, right? Does it any any amazing yeah, advice it has in there? How you can um, for continuing campaign, so when you're doing like one shots for kids on bikes, you're trying to like make a whole mystery and solve it. Um, for yeah. larger campaign play, which I do, I, I haven't gotten to actually do a campaign. I really, I want to, because it's more like Gravity Falls where you have like this ongoing conspiracy in the town or like yeah. Tales from the Loop or Stranger Things where like it's a little bit more episodic. So you can run little episodes and all those episodes you can tie together like Monster of the Week, right? Where like you have little episodes that add up into this conspiracy and finally get resolution at the end of the campaign. So um, it's a it's just a, a bigger task when storytelling. And you get to explore the world more. So more of those threads get to, to tie together. Uh, you get to make more people. You can actually have characters die if you want and make another character mm -hmm. as well. That's something that you want to do. So yeah, there's a bunch of different options. Cool. I'm actually going to run um, a short campaign of Kids on Brooms, which is um, the next book. So they have, I'm not, I'm not trying to plug it, but I just have them sitting right here. Kids on Brooms. <laughs> it's a picture of the book. Um, and that's like the, uh, you know, magical wizards class. We don't want to get sued. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, yeah, Gary, Gary Otter, um, yeah, yeah, playing it, playing on. So that's <laughs> so. It's, thanks. So, so <laughs> instead of being like '80s, it's it's going over to that trope. Um, so I'm gonna try to campaign. The only difference, really, that I've seen from Kids on Brooms to Kids on Bikes is the the addition of magic, and they have a lot more world building questions around. You have to build a magical school um, and a headmistress. It sounds like this group might not want to play that game because it's pretty much kids on bikes with an additional magic mechanic that I haven't gotten to see if that even works out yet. Not to well, also plug another wanna... thing, but I'm going to plug another thing, Paul. I'm going to be running kids on brooms at the uh, Dark Phoenix Rising, the RPG Con in April. It's not Dark Rising Phoenix, Phoenix Game Con. For, for folks who Thanks. are uh, not aware, uh, uh, let's uh, <laughs> clue our viewers in. Rising Phoenix uh, GameCon is a local area game convention up here in Massachusetts. Uh, happens from April 22nd to 24th. 
Um, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it it's, uh, should, be, should be a good time. If anybody wants to come out, check it out. Uh, I'll be there. Colleen will be there. I, uh, it'll be a good time. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Come on, come on, uh, come on over. Check uh, uh, risingphoenixgamecon.com is the URL for that. Yeah, just um, open registration. William wants to know if they have a Josie and the Pussycats in space game or a teenagers on spaceships. No, but you could totally do that. There was okay. So one time I was sitting in a con, and I was like, "You could, you could do any kind of neighborhood with bikes." And we're like, "Can we just do Mars?" Like 1950s actually went off and like colonized Mars. And I was like, "I want to do this game now." I want. I was like, "Yes." So I think you could totally do Josie and the Pussycats in space. You could totally do an Archie's comic. Kids on bikes, as it were. You could. Just yeah, the bikes are rocket bikes. Yeah, why not? Why not? Awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love that idea. Um, open floor, folks. Anybody Anybody have anything else uh, regarding kids on bikes that we haven't discussed that you want to talk about? Anybody have a pressing question in the chat is, why is Max late? Oh, I'm sorry. Such I'm a actually said that. He's used to getting food. Now we grow back. I was going to the oh, bathroom in case anybody really uh, needs to know. Oh, no. <laughs> we should have a. Uh, this is back. super part important the, information. Part of the, uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, Discord privileges you get as a Patreon is um, uh, you get there's a bot on the Discord that gives a running update of where Max is every hour. <laughs> It actually now takes up most of my time updating the bot. That's essentially my yeah. full-time job now. It's just every update is basically updating the bot. So it's kind of, it gets a yeah. little boring until I do go to the bathroom. But uh, sometimes <laughs> it's like going to the bathroom or mm, outside. It's almost never Incredible. outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very like, specific bot. Yeah. It's just like in the house still, outside, eating food. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Great. Yeah. So that's, that's a fine reason to come join the Patreon is no Max's Absolutely. whereabouts at all times. I do have a question for Andy. No you said earlier you'd want to play. You'd want to play an adult. Like what? What do you think the the difference would be if you had played adult an adult than a kid? Like what um, would you have I done differently? That, I think all of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that was going on in the world that we built was interesting in a like political sense as is interesting to teens who want to know like what the cool sexy stuff is or to adults who want to know how the town is running and as a kid i just simply didn't care about it so like i think there were a lot of cool cool minds to tap that i don't necessarily think like a 11 year old was interested in right like we talked about about like oh vance and his cool wife like that would have been really dope but like you know me, Andy, wants to do that. Like, I don't think, you know, like, a child is like, oh, I wonder who, you know. Like, we even talked about that when we talked about the rumors. Like, the kids were like, ooh, who's he talking to? And the teens were like, who's he screwing? Um, which was more interesting. So it was just like a lot of the stuff that we came up with just seemed like it would have been. Like, I was like, yeah, let's talk about the traffic regulations. Like, I think it would have been kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
whatever unsurprising my favorite part of the 10 dead rats yeah. campaign was when we were talking about the taxes so like yeah, i like that you should go into local government tax. andy yeah oh my god i'd rather do that no i just want to i just want to role play local government <laughs> and you always gotta have an indigo who can just like kill somebody fix the local government <laughs> Oh my Very goodness. important. Oh my goodness. Um, all right. All right. Um, okay. So uh, I think I think that probably wraps up what we want, what we have to say about kids on bikes. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap us with a with a few just general announcements about the show to our players that you've all been waiting for. I'm sure. Um, uh, the, the first most important thing to note is that we are moving nights again. Uh, sorry, everyone. Uh, I hope that's not uh, too painful for you. But we're going to we're going to shift back to Thursdays. Um, so that will be not this coming Thursday, but a week from this Thursday, we'll be back. And at which point, Christian will be taking over the reins as DM. Uh, Christian, what are you running? Uh, I am going to run uh, a little micro game that is from my collection of many, many micro games I've never played. Uh, it is from a whole collection. The collection is called 2400, and the game itself is called Inner System Blues. Uh, a kind of <laughs> lightweight but still uh, properly country uh, cyberpunk, uh, cyberpunk game. Awesome. Sounds like a Thursday night to me. It's Thursday night. Thursday night. Is it like cyberpunk or is it more like? Is it more like Cyberpunk or like Cowboy Bebop? Um, I guess a little bit of both. Um, uh, the the game I had planned involves no space, so apologize. Uh, sorry to all the space no, no. fans out there. No space. I'll put away my space just facts. Like, oh my god, is it all the tell like that? Just, oh my god. Taxes, just what I wanted. Is it just taxes? <laughs> Oh yes, if it's just net running, and I'm like, did you just ask if it's all Linux? Like, is that what we're gonna do? We're just gonna, we're just gonna code uh, all day. I forgot people here know about computers. I was talking about the board game. <laughs> I know of computers. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm on one right now. How much of the uh, Billy Idol album Cyberpunk do we have licensed for background music? Incredible question, Max. I'll get Paul on that one. Thanks. Yeah, we'll just have to yeah. play it yeah. on our um, own speakers at the play. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll tell the audience <laughs> to start at the right time. Oh, so and we still yeah. appreciate the background music, the riff tracks exactly. uh, method. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, so, so viewers, uh, yes, check that out. Uh, Thursday the seventeenth will be your first episode mm -hmm. of that Christian running that game. Um, also, uh, we will uh, be experimenting with stuff as we go. Um, so we mentioned some ideas here of things like uh, maybe we'll record an extra long se uh, session and chop it up and, and air it out. Um, I am uh, looking at our calendar and realizing that Christian's run might just overlap um, Helgacon, which is a, a small little... Uh, uh, house convention that that I run. No one's going. Uh, no one's going to go to that. 
Uh, I, I, I think some people, some people on the show will be at that. So uh, I don't know. We'll have, uh, we have to at least uh, take a picture of all of us standing uh, in height order. Um, <laughs> Uh, but the other thing you can look forward to is uh, possibly we may uh, mix the cast up a little bit. You may see some guest stars on this show mm -hmm. in, in coming episodes. So um, look forward to that as well. Um, interesting. Okay. So uh, I think that about wraps up. Any, any, uh, any final thoughts from anyone? No, no, no. Thanks, final everybody, no, for playing no. the game. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, super fun. Thank you so much, Colleen, for running. Uh, I love, uh, I'm very excited generally about this uh, show giving me exposure to more systems because I don't get to play yeah, these absolutely. games uh, often enough. So, so uh, thank you for running, and um, thanks to all our viewers for joining in. I hope I hope this was interesting. Let us know. Uh, is is this interesting? Are you enjoying uh, hearing us pontificate on the ins and outs of the uh, different systems? Uh, definitely, definitely, uh, give us, give us some feedback. Tell you what, tell us what you like, what you don't like. Uh, we will continue to, uh, warp and morph the game, uh, the game, the show as we go forward. Um, uh, that about wraps it up for all of us here at, uh, 30 Dirty Rutabagas. Um, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you, uh, in a week and a half on Thursday, the 17th for our next episode of TDR. See you all then. Bye. Bye, everybody.